You're listening to Million Dollar Podcast, the show where Thomas, that's me, and Mash, that's me, meet with exciting guests to come up with million dollar ideas to give away to you for for free. free. Thanks for tuning in to part two of our chat with Stephanie Lee. If you haven't listened to part one yet, it's episode number six, where we discuss the need for feminism in art. In this episode, we give away million dollar ideas, including the augmented reality art gallery, the laser guided tattoo pen, and our five word frenzy breaks down language barriers. Let's dive in and pick up where we left off last time on Million Dollar Podcast. So you said how much easier it is to share an MP3 file with the rest of the world and how much it gets mm-hmm. around from Spotify. If you make a painting and let's say you're not and you don't have time to go and do the social media side of things, mm. like it's hard to share it with the world. That's why there's no income coming as well. People don't know what you made. People don't really like there's no value in it mm. at the moment. So but you had an idea how to kind of get it more out there. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So this this stemmed from an idea I had walking through for anyone that's been through Flinders Arcade, the like mm. under under the Flinders Street walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, basically a teeny tiny walkway uh, with just a bit of room to hang up some art. And they've got little bits and pieces, either advertising for a shop or a gallery or something that's coming up. I had an idea where what if you could hang up little QR codes, just little stickers in those spaces that when you then take your phone with a certain app um, and scan these, then the artwork comes to life. And in fact, kind of based on how you move your phone around, you can engage with different parts of the artwork and uh, basically using augmented reality instead. So your phone engages with it, it suddenly comes up. For anyone that's ever played Pokemon Go, it's, it's all about this is a physical space in which this Pokemon exists, but you can only see it if you hold up your phone on this angle at this place. Um, so the same thing happens with the artwork. And then that idea kind of snowballed in talking with Thomas. But but basically the idea of using spaces um, to exhibit and display art at low cost to the artist. Uh, a smaller space means less rent or ideally no rent because all you're doing is sticking a sticker on the wall. Uh, what do you think of something like that to kind of make artwork more accessible, Steph? Yeah, I mean, I think it's... Uh I think it's definitely something that will be done in the future. Pretty sure a guy that's in my artist's residency at the moment is doing something to do with this, taking photos and then it comes up on your phone in some kind of capacity. I'm not too sure. But, um, yeah, I think as a concept it's really cool. I mean, Pokemon Go was pretty epic. Um, but it also becomes, I feel like in terms of globalising that, like people choosing that as an option, as a medium over something else is um, – quite a different experience. So like a lot of my work's very experiential. Like you walk into a room, you put on gloves, you touch it. Um, and, and that as an experience is really important to my practice. Um, but I definitely think like, you know, you're activating the city in a totally different way. If everyone could just whip out their phones and see something cool, um, it'd probably be also very accessible to like the everyday person uh, as opposed to like having to get up and have the idea or the want to walk into some kind of like giant gallery and, feel like you know if you're just in a street or in that underpass that you're talking about that's just such a transitional space mm-hmm. um yeah it'd be really cool to experience that kind of stuff mm. yeah yeah i agree i liked it as well simply because like for a normal person normal bloke like me just to have some sort of access to it like i don't really go to galleries i don't really go to i've had really bad experience with galleries and and our people so-called sure. in europe like as much as i've been around I don't know if I should. <laughs> they've, they've been pretty like stuck up 
judgy people towards sure. people that like myself that don't mu- know much but i just want to look around and just i've never said anything bad to it, like about any painting or any art mm. but i've always been treated like really negatively when i've gone to st- uh, studios or, or cal- galleries and stuff so that's why i don't know i kind of have like a weird i think like like i said everything's art so sure but having that it takes away from me going to studios and galleries and facing those people that are really chargy. Yeah. Um, I, I really like that idea, yeah. Because one thing, for example, with um, n- people needing to go out and going with intent to a gallery or a studio, one, one concept I had for this is if it is paired to your phone, for example, um, the application, which like we'll get to money in a second because I've definitely got some ideas for how to monetize this, how to get artists paid out of the um, app as well. I mean, out of the system, but the main thing I wanted to incorporate was as you're walking along, you might get a buzz to say, hey, you're actually really nearby an exhibition. And, and generally yeah, really places cool. like Fed Square and stuff will go off the hook. Um, and now we're actually getting into that stage where people are able to 3D render um, and do a lot of uh, visual or like graphic design mm. um, in three dimensions. So you can actually have art that you can interact with by walking around it. Or even, for example, someone might exhibit through this application uh, some piece of art that engages with Fed Square on a really large scale. And in fact, the more you walk around, the more that one particular piece of art unfolds. So in terms of that, that was something that, you know, a notification-based system where, okay, cool, well, you are just sort of walking from uni to Flinders Street. You might encounter pieces of art along the way that you totally didn't know about, or it might prompt you to just kind of duck into an alley and realize that there's some amazing graffiti that someone's thrown up in this AR world um, and, and kind of opening it up that way. So um, it's, it's, it's something that I ideally just want to get some feedback on um, and, and see where it can go because I think the technology is there now. It's just about the uptake. Yeah. So the question is, do you reckon like artists, street artists would actually get onto something like that? Um, it's a faster, quicker platform to get their stuff out. Yeah, for sure. I don't really know so much about street art as like a art form, but I definitely think um, as a technology and kind of accessibility, I think, yeah, it could definitely do some really cool things for sure. Um, yeah, I, I don't see – I feel like someone's going to snatch this idea up and mm. go make something super cool. That's that's what we're hoping for. Right? That's what we're looking to do is just give away, well, million-dollar ideas for free. Yeah. To be honest, the way I see like things like monetization is in a similar vein to say Spotify, where as an, a company that owns the app, you charge say a subscription fee. And to be honest, for music, which like everyone consumes music, you're listening on the radio, but now cars come with a Spotify app. Mm. So instead of listening to radio, people go onto Spotify with their twelve dollar a month subscriptions. Sure. The same could happen with this app where instead of 12, it might be five or six, you know, for people that really want to engage. And it might be that much at the start. And then for artists to put up their artwork there, they might have to go through a distribution channel, pay a very small amount up front, not $700 and pay for materials, but rather work up a piece of digital art on their computer at home, pay to get it uploaded to this platform. Then every single time someone goes and consumes that artwork, they get a royalty out of it Mm. because someone's come and used the app and I mean, the Spotify model, I think, is something that so many people have been begging for for so long in the creative world where Netflix, Spotify, all these guys have really introduced this. And when it first came out, that sort of streaming subscription model, it was going to k- take down sort of the iTunes store model. And it pretty much did when Apple moved away from selling singles for $2.99 
and then giving you a subscription called Apple Music, which gives mm. you access to all of that catalog for just a flat monthly fee instead. Yeah. So the same thing being applied to digital art easily accessible, um, I think is the way that you get money, not only for the app developers. So if you're listening to this, hopefully you become one of those app developers. But if you're an artist out there looking to get your work out, um, if you're happy to put it into the digital sphere, which if we're being honest, I think in five, ten years, virtual reality, augmented reality are going to be part and parcel of what we're wearing and what we're doing on a day-to-day basis. I think you're going to actually establish a pretty big viewership. Mm. And as with any new technology, the moment it starts to take hold, there's going to be a huge rush of people to get on and check it out. And if immediately the artists that embrace that technology at the start and do it well, they're the ones that are going to be the key influencers for as long as that technology exists. And um, so, for example, when street art was reaching its peak, you've got people like Banksy, for example, taking it to that next level um, and, and showing what's the best, most ultimate thing that can be done with this um, and using it to portray a certain thing. So um, so if you're listening and, and you have some points of feedback on that um, and things you want to kind of share back with us, do hit us up on, uh, on our Facebook page, on our Instagram as well. Uh, it's the AR Art Gallery or the Augmented Reality Gallery. Well, I was going to say, actually, it would be really interesting to see what if our local councils ran this app. So, like, let's say the city of Melbourne mm-hmm. had the city of Melbourne AR app, you yeah. know, and then people can apply to the city of Melbourne to have their works, you know, mm, posted around yeah. from the app. That when, you know, once you sort of enter the CBD, that's when, you know, you could, your phone would be like kicking off, but it's, you know, funded by the city of Melbourne, which would uh, mean that the, the, I hate saying like the quality of artists because that's kind of bullshit, but like, I don't know, artists that are engaging in Melbourne, uh, you know, can apply and be there and then there could be funding, like it could act as like a, I don't know, then it's just kind of acting as the rest of the art world. But um, I don't know, it could be really interesting as, a, as an initiative and to like uplift uh, city council. So like even a smaller council somewhere, if they had this kind of art gallery Art gallery reality app. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, be super cool. Yeah. I definitely agree with what you said before as well that once this technology comes out, like a lot of people are just going to jump on it really quickly just to check it out. When Pokemon Go came out, that was mm-hmm. the first time we saw something like that, yep. augmented reality, and there's something there in, in, in a physical space, but only on your screen. And every single person in, in, in the whole world who had access to it was playing it. It was crazy. But it died really quickly. Mm-hmm. Do you reckon something similar would happen to the art as well? Or uh, I, think, I think so. Like any new technology that does catch on has a huge bump at the start. Yeah. But there is people still playing Pokemon Go, paying, you know, paying for Pokeballs and power-ups and things like that. I think this is about, for me, the way the branding goes on this and how you keep people engaged is to say... When was the last time you went to an art gallery? For me, it was a very long time ago. I'm about to go check out the Triennial, but that's been a long time in the making. I haven't had, well, I haven't had much of an inclination to go. Mm. Plus, it's in the city. That's a whole trip for me, and that's a whole thing. Suddenly, if it's just art that engages with me first and prompts me and says, hey, there's something here, or I'm waiting for a bus, I'm kind of bored. Instead of pulling out a game, I'm going to see if there's any artwork around. Suddenly, when I have that availability, I think that's what's going to keep me coming back to the app. And plus that subscription model, I think, is something where once you're, you've started engaging with it one or two times and you might even get rewarded for it, you might see some really cool art. You can rate things as well um, within it, I guess, and, and start getting content tailored towards you. 
So some people might throw up graphs, for example, in this world, and, and they might have a pen that once you've graphed with it, it stays on or, or whatever or something like that and has a time limit. Um, I think I think that would be the thing. So it would peter off after a while, but then you have sort of big drives. So you might say, okay, this weekend we're exhibiting this thing in this area, and that's where councils and, and local areas can really take over and say, okay, well, this is our community. We're submitting this exhibition, and then you just approve that as the app developers or whatever. And then suddenly there's a rush in that area to say, okay, cool, actually I want to go check out art that's in this vein talking about this thing. Mm. I also um, think that um, the app would, uh, it wouldn't drop as much as Pokemon Go because Pokemon Go is something that like really um, requires your attention, you know, constantly. Whereas this is something that you can just duck in and out of if you happen to be in a space. Yeah, you'd get like a notification being like, I hey, like if, notification thing as well. yeah, you know, if you turn your app on or whatever, you know, go into your app, you'll see this really cool thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How, how often do we wait just trams and trains and buses and bus stops? And if there was yeah. something like that there, everyone would check it out in five minutes or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. All right. Well, cool. That's, um, uh, yeah, if you're out there in the community, if you're listening to this, I uh, would love to hear your thoughts. We had a question for you. I wanted to ask you, if you had unlimited resources, millions and billions of people looking up to you, a huge platform, what would you do in the world right now? What would you change? What would you... To, to make yourself happy or people happy or what would it be? Um, well, when I think about resources, it makes me think what what kind of resources? Everything, anything. Yeah. Money, material, whatever it is, food, water, whatever it is. Um, well, it makes me think about um, as my own capability and if I had an unlimited amount of emotional labor, which I don't, um, and a lot of women heaps of women who are carrying the burden of having to give over too much emotional labor in their relationships, in their families, being women, having to nurture men. Um, I don't know actually if I would give, I wouldn't give all the women unlimited emotional labor capabilities because that, that would suck. Really, That's that what, doesn't really fix the problem then. It would just keep going. And yeah, totally. Using it. Yeah, more. and it's almost like telling someone like, you're going to live forever and then torturing yourself or something. Forever. Forever. Um, but I think some kind of resources, perhaps education resources, uh, into sort of um, breaking down the that kind of m masculine, feminine dichotomy um, and then that would eradicate lots of, hopefully would help a lot of women being sexually abused. Like one in three women have been sexually abused. I think one in six women have been raped, um, you know, from the, that severe spectrum to domestic violence and women being killed, um, to, you know, have being the emotional bear, uh, carer in the relationship, um, from that extreme from one extreme to, I don't know, yeah. I think some kind of, I don't even know how to make that a kind of capitalist situation. But Well, I, I guess that's the thing is in this case, it's not about whether it's a money-making idea or not. It's about whether or not it's necessary. And it does sound like it really is. Okay, awesome. Well, that was we started on how you know your sort of priceless idea, what's something that we can put out into the world. And um, I just really enjoyed that conversation. I learned a lot just then as well. Um, about sort of what it means to be a woman and, and I'll never fully understand and that's the curse of just being a dude. 
but uh, it's it's important, I think, to keep having these conversations and to hear this perspective. So thanks for sharing yours. Um, well, let's let's kick on to another idea, uh, one that. Uh, well, do either of you have a tattoo? I I know you don't, Thomas. But have you I have one tattoo? in the making, but I don't have one on me. Okay, cool. What's your What's your tattoo in the making? Um, it's really cheesy. It's a love heart that kind of looks a little bit like a neon. It says um, Tushy in it. Okay. Which is like Yiddish for us. Okay. Um, yeah. Is there some and then I get it on my ass. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yes. So where are you going with this? Where I'm going with this is... is <laughs> you have the same idea? It's like, <laughs> yeah, crazy. Can we get matching ones? Yeah. Um, matching ass tattoos. Yeah. Ass heart. Yiddish okay. ass tattoos. Yiddish ass tattoos. Uh, <laughs> where I was going with this, and I guess it wouldn't apply to your tattoo, I was having a conversation with a tattoo artist in training, like an apprentice, who was talking about how the hardest part of their job is... Pardon me. The hardest part of their job is uh, making straight lines from day dot. Is how do you... How do you have that hand control? It's all about developing those muscles. So I had two little ideas. And this is what I kind of have started doing is I ask people for their problems and then see if I can start coming up with a solution and see how we can turn that into a million-dollar idea. I had two ideas. One was to make a laser-guided uh, tattoo pen or maybe it's even, uh, you know, it's just connected to something that you program in that it's going to travel along this axis and that's just the axis it's going to travel along. And then you just need to hold it steady, apply the right amount of pressure, um, so that's one idea. And the other one is basically just a little hand grip accessory that you can sell to tattoo parlors and tattoo studios that their apprentices just sit there and do that while they're watching uh, the teacher just to strengthen their hand muscles, just a little bit of a like a hand workout machine. What do you think? of Who wants to um, get the ball rolling on either of those? Um, well, I was just going to say um, that, yeah, in art galleries for hanging artwork, there are laser spirit levels. So the oh, line yeah. sort of shoots out on either side and then you know where your straight lines are. Mm. But then it got to got me thinking, well, that's a fixed point. So when you put a spirit level on a wall, that is theoretically like the spot you want. Yeah. But if you've got a, what do you call it? Tattoo gun? Mm-hmm. Needle? Needle? I think so, yeah. Tattoo needle. Yeah, shows what we know about tattoos. Yes, yeah. the tattoo gun, no. Um, so if you had a, a laser attached to that, uh, theoretically, you'd always be going in a straight line <laughs> if your um, yeah. hand moved. But then I was thinking, what if it was like a wristwatch kind of situation, or like an armband? Mm. So that was like a fixed point. So you'd like wrap it around you and then the laser would shoot off Ooh. according to that because yeah. the pen's always going to be moving. Mm-hmm. Oh, Yeah. And like yeah. you could have like a dial, so like the laser sat on that, and then you could like move it for your lines, because then that's always fixed, but the pen's yeah. following. Oh, so on the person being tattooed is where yeah, this so that that go. laser lives on the person. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So that's pretty fixed then in that situation. What if they? So even if they move their hand relative to where the tattoo is being done, hmm. that movement would still be the same. That's just you just need to then be better at that. Um, as as a tattoo artist, you just need to make sure that you put the strap on in the right place. Yeah. Right? On, on their arm or wherever you're putting the tattoo. What, what do you think of laser-guided tattoo pens? Yeah, I'm th- I took it to the next level already. I'm thinking of removing that person in, uh, uh, at all. Like just the tattoo artist? Yeah. Okay. Just have an AI machine that just does everything for you. 
Mm. Why do we need people? I don't understand anymore. Well, people design stuff. So what if the yeah, but they could still yeah. design it. But a robot does the whole the whole mm. tattooing thing. I'm sure there's already stuff like that. I know there's lasers mm. that do brain surgeries on us. Mm. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. I think there are a lot of people who tattoo like tattooing. Okay. Like that contact. Yeah. I've heard that as well. They go for the they like the pain is kind of addictive. Mm-hmm. And, and and the concept of sitting there and someone's just kind of hurting you, but in a good way. I don't know. I'm I'm never gonna tattoo, so I have no idea what it feels like. Um, do you reckon people would trust an AI more than? I feel a like person? it would be fifty fifty. Do you know what I mean? Like there'd definitely be people who would be happy just to walk in, pay whatever, and pick out whatever, which they already do. People yeah. already do that and then have a machine tattoo them. It's quickly, easy transaction. That's it. Yeah. And then there'd be the tattoo artists who are like, no, I want to draw on you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, but I, yeah, that is definitely the next level. So when, you know, how far away are we from getting tattoo robots? Not that, that far. Just, like we're already here, I reckon. Yeah. Maybe hopefully after this podcast, you'll f- someone will be like, I yeah. went to a... A yeah. robot tattoo man. And this is what it looks Woman. like. Oh, that'd be cool, actually, if someone reached out. If someone actually has had an AI done a tattoo on them or anything similar to it, please share it with us, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I know this sounds kind of um, morbid, but I'm pretty sure my grandfather's going through chemo. They tattoo you in hospital. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure it's done by machine. Oh, okay. So what they do is they... Um, tattoo your so if you're getting uh like a specific area of your body um and you're having radiation treatment there they will actually tattoo that spot so they um i think they do a scan find exactly where the cancer is then i think i wasn't there when he got tattooed but i i they do like borders around like yeah or like little he had like little crosses like tiny little blue crosses Mm or green crosses on those areas. I'm pretty sure it was all machine done. And then um, that way, when you go back for your treatment the next time, it is like so specific where you get that radiation treatment. In the exact spot. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if that is automated. Yeah. So we know that they can be precise. All right. So the technology exists. It's just about taking that, putting it into a tattoo parlor. I think, once again, all the rage would be like, I'm going to go get a tattoo from a tattoo robot. Maybe in Japan they have it. Right, that's what I was thinking. Just yeah. then. I was like, okay, if, if somewhere is going to take this up, it's going to be Japan. Like yeah, that's the home what I was of thinking. Robots doing things. Yeah, and the home home of you know fads and yeah, so, um, maybe. Yeah, they, right. you can get a drink from a robot. You can definitely get a tattoo from a robot in Japan for sure. Yeah, if anywhere Japan would already have it. Yeah. yeah. All right. So if you're in Japan and you're listening to this and you've got an AI robot that does tattoos, uh, well, or if you would like to get a tattoo from a robot, let's link up. And uh, see if there's demand. That's it. All right, cool. Uh, I guess it's been a pretty great chat. And now we come to my personal favorite part of the show, uh, which is the... Five Five Word Word Frenzy! I don't know why we did it together. Totally totally unrehearsed. Uh, So what we're going to do is, for anyone listening for the first time, uh, I'm going to click this button here. It's on randomwordgenerator.com. And uh, it's going to spit five words at us. We're going to take a second and see what we can come up with based off of that. So are you ready, Steph? Yes. All right, here we go. Five random words coming at us now. We have got accent, authority, endure, physics, and touch. 
got accents, authority, endure, physics, touch. Now, if you're listening to this, you can hit pause right now. Come up with your own ideas before we spoil it for you. And you're back. All right. So um, who's, who's got a little something to kick us off? Can I start? Yeah. yeah for sure. It's a bit bizarre, but just the, taking the words accent and touch. That um, were my two words too. Oh, really? So let's if, see where uh, we go. What I was thinking about, like, let's say I go on a Euro trip or whatever, and if I touch a person, I can get, I can copy their accent. Like, it, it, it comes through my smartwatch or whatever through the app, mm-hmm. and then it just prog- programs itself, and then I have a little thing here already. Like, let's say that's five years in the future already, yeah. and then I, then I can copy his accent, literally whatever it is. So that's what I, I was thinking about. Something with the accent I really want to... Because I don't like my accent and I want to get rid of it. I really like your accent. Oh, really? Most people do, but I hate it. You know I hate it. It sounds Russian. It sounds... (laughs) No, it's so good. It's really good. But uh, that's what I was thinking. What did you have with the touch and accent? Well, I was thinking something like some kind of touch app situation, accent. Maybe when you touch it, you you use this app. It (laughs) tells you how to speak in someone's accent. It speaks mm. in someone's accent for you. I'm not sure. All it really makes me want to do is speak Polish really well, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, right on. I, um, for me, accent and authority came up, well, like just because they're back to back, but just accent authority, just like a place, maybe like Shazam for accents. So if you don't know where someone's from, oh, like before, I could have used this. Okay. So you can. I could use it. How many times do people ask me where I'm from? Right. You could just be like, get this app, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. (laughs) Or say you don't want to be rude. Nowadays, everyone's got AirPods. You can activate Siri, for example, with just these AirPods. Um, Google, actually, I want to get onto that in a sec as well. But you can just go, hey Siri. What, what accent is this? Where's this person from? Based on the accent. Mm. And then bang, you've got the information, especially in a line of work where you're trying to establish rapport, whether you're, say, as a, as a, a rideshare driver, a taxi driver. Salesman. In sales, of course, where you can be like, hey, I get it. You're from Greece. How you doing? Oh, especially from, uh, you know, what's that? what's that? Mykonos. Or you can, you know, get regional with it. And um, you can and freak people out with it. Yeah, exactly. You know, be like, oh, you're like uh, 20% Russian, uh, you know, 80% Estonian. Is that right? No one has ever guessed where I'm from, right? Oh, and never. if, if yeah. anyone ever does, I would be so happy. And if mm. they, like, exactly, yeah. I would be immediately. I thought failed. Russia or Ukraine. Oh, nice. Yeah. So. Kiev. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I like that idea a lot. Shazam for accent. Uh, accent Authority is actually not, not a bad name um, on, on that. Mm. Um, hey. Hey, 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 what language is this? <laughs> this language is. <laughs> this person is from New Jersey. Talk to them about pizza. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Anything else jumping out at anyone? I feel like we can come up with one more before we end this. We've got endurance physics that we haven't used at all. Endure physics. They sound like a Nike. Sort of yeah. off yeah. yeah. <laughs> physics, our latest shoe. Is gravity <laughs> getting you down? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I guess we'll open that one up to Million Dollar Community. If you're listening and you can come up with something of how you can endure physics, if, uh, if gravity is getting you down too much and how to, how to endure that, um, please come up and let us know. Maybe it is just about blasting your pubes off into space. Totally. And, and that's how you can endure and actually get away from the physics of planet Earth, both the like physical physics and also just the unfortunate physics of 
uh, gender politics in, in modern society. So Nicely said. <laughs> gender politics, <laughs> thank yeah. you. Uh, so, all right. So, we, we always like to close uh, by asking our guest, what is one thing that if you, for our listeners at home, what's one thing that they can do, one action that they can take starting today, um, over the next week, over the next year of their lives that you would like to see everyone doing? Um, uh, for heterosexual, maybe not even, any relationship to do with a, a man and a woman, um, I'd, yeah, I'd love to sort of shout out to women who take on the emotional labor um, of the men in their lives. And if you don't know much about it, definitely Google it because there are some seriously epic articles out there and really good informative things that will make you realize perhaps a lot of habits that are grinding your gears and you're not even aware of. We'll, we'll be sharing some of those articles on our blog post as well. So if you're listening to this, go check out the blog where you can get some further reading from Steph as well. Cool. And um, to any of the male listeners, um, just to sort of think about that emotional labor or that um, the balance in your relationship, whether it's with your mother or your sister or your partner and so forth, um, and make sure you sort of share that Share that load. Responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I will always say there's never been a man that I've never sent to um, a doctor or a psychologist. So um, for men out there, make sure you're, you're, the ladies in your lives aren't in control of your medical appointments. <laughs> Is there a question that a man can ask a woman to initiate that conversation? It sounds like more or less it's a conversation not being had. Mm. How can our male listeners especially initiate that or, or find out what they can do to take on more emotional labor? Mm. Perhaps things like asking to the women in your life, are there things that you do for me that I don't do for you or you don't need me to do for you? Like a lot of the emotional labor that I put in, and have in the past put into to relationships with men, uh, especially like sort of romantic relationships, are things that I wouldn't even need them to do for me. I don't need that. Um, and a lot of men grow up uh, having women do many things for them and then their partners end up doing a lot of that for them. Yeah. No, I agree with that I sort like of statement. That. Um, so that question is, what do you do for me that you don't need me to do for you? Yeah. That's... Yeah, that's really powerful. I really like that. Okay, so yeah, if you're listening to this, get that question, write it down. What do you do for me that you don't need me to do for you? And go out there into the world and ask it of your partners, of your of your parents as well. It sounds like a really important question. Whatever your relationship is, yeah. friend, whatever mm. it is, I feel yeah. like partner, yeah. Yeah, I recently had to tell my mom, um, she reminded me of a... Uh, a birthday of, um, of uh, it wasn't a birthday, something specific about my dad's side of the family. And I, e I messaged her back saying, I relinquish you of this duty. You don't need to remind, te remind myself or my brother about this family thing. Um, if anyone should be reminding me of that, it should be my dad because um, it was his side of family, not my mom. Yeah. And she really appreciated that. Cool. Just a bit of weight off her. Yeah, I was like, you don't need to do this job. And she was never aware of it until I brought it up to her. I was like, but you're, for you're, her, you're free. Don't do it, it anymore. Does it come automatically? Like, it yeah, it's automatic. Or? It's automatic and it's exhausting and it's so ingrained that it's so unaware um, and so deep and so many problems. But yeah, I was like, you don't need to do that anymore. Like, 
I like that. This like is not your burden. Yeah. We'd love to hear everyone's stories of, of you having gone out and asked that question of your partners, of your family members. Write back into us on Facebook, um, on the comment thread we'll have going on it, on Instagram as well. Let us know whether you want to DM us, send us an email as well. Um, please just let us know how have you gone out there and, and taken on more emotional labor? What, what questions have you asked? What conversations have you had um, as a result of listening to Steph uh, chat with us today? Um, thank you so much for joining us on Million Dollar Podcast, Steph. It's, it's can, I, can I ask one more question? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just because we've, we've, gone, like, we've gone all over the place here, but let's <laughs> finish on a positive note. We can move this probably around later on in the podcast as well. Do you have any, like, you seem like you've had a, like a full life. Like you've been a lot, through a lot of things and like uh, gone through finding yourself and, and losing yourself kind of and then finding yourself again. Do you have any funny stories or any sto- powerful stories that like you want to share with the, with the world? Um, oh, well, I did. I met like, I mean, the, my first like, I don't know, hour of being in the plane, being off of Australian soil. Um, I met, I, I got to the, I got to the gate lounge and um, I was crying. I was so scared to go overseas because I never travelled on my own uh, once before I had gone on a plane for the first time by myself um, in Europe, but I've never travelled by myself before, like the whole stint. And I was like, fuck this, I'm going away by myself. And I got up to the Emirates Gate Lounge crying. The po- lovely gentleman on the other side was could see that I was obviously re- very upset. It was very visible. And um, he, I was like, I'm scared of flying. And I'm, Anyway, so he asked me if I'd like to sit by myself. I was like, great, that'd be so lovely. And then I get on the plane and I'm close to the front and, uh, you know, there's like three seats, five seats and three seats. And I'm sitting and in between myself and this guy is an empty seat. But I'm sitting and the the man sits down. His name is Patrick and he's from England and he uh, has just been visiting his daughter who lives in Australia and she doesn't like flying either, so he has to come visit her. And so the, the we're talking, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then the, the flight takes off and I'm sitting with my head in my hands and I'm totally just consumed by anxiety. And uh, like, I don't know, six, six years ago, seven years ago, getting on a train to go to the CBD was something that I couldn't do. So I'm sitting in this tin can being like, holy fuck, I'm doing this. And... Um, Patrick uh, saw me and he just grabbed my hand and we were just like holding hands in the middle. He was like a 60-year-old man and he held my hand for half an hour like the whole way up being like it's fine and he was like acting like my dad or someone who really cared about me and then we flew the whole way to Dubai together and he every time we, we had one stop and he offered to hold my hand descending and taking off again and I was like no I'm cool I'm great but we ate all our meals together and it was so lovely and we kind of became pen pals so um every few months we just say hello <laughs> That's cool. yeah so that was really really nice okay cool um all right well awesome it's been an absolute pleasure having you on thank you so much for joining us on million dollar podcast Steph thank you thanks for having me yeah we had some good chats we had some deep emotional chats but really positive I feel like at the end of the day like Mm -hmm. a lot of positivity to take away from it a lot to listen and learn I feel like especially for guys like like just dudes do you know what I mean yeah thank you for that chats absolutely for everyone that's listening go out there and um, and this week try and take on some emotional labor no matter who you are just ask the people around you what you can be doing um, to help them to take on the load because we can we can do it like we can handle it we can handle so much more I feel like it's just yeah. about knowing that there is work that needs to be done. I think that's probably 
Just being aware of it. And ignorance can't be an excuse anymore. If you're listening to this, go out and ask those questions. A great article which I'll uh, post, something I post on Facebook recently was, um, is conscious um, emotional labor a form of misogyny? So now that you know about it, are you going to keep letting you your partner take on all that burden? Because it's exhausting. So. And guys are like, no, I don't know, but it... Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't know. I didn't see it. <laughs> Delete the account. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I guess that's it then. That's bye from me. Yeah, bye from me as well. Me too. <laughs> all right, go out there and have those ideas. Thanks for listening to Million Dollar Podcast. To all of our friends and family, thank you, thank you, thank you for your support and feedback. You've helped us improve so much and we're excited to be on this journey with you. To our new friends, friends of friends and total strangers, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We would love to hear from you and know who you are, so please head to our website, www.millionpodcast.com and get in touch with us and share your ideas.